Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Wife Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports and embraces the women behind the military men by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. This episode of Military Wife Life is proudly brought to you by Defence Bank. Serving those who protect us, Defence Bank have the largest on-base branch network with 37 locations around Australia. They have Army, Air Force and Navy covered. To find your closest branch, visit defencebank.com.au. This week's episode is focused on support and information for ADF families and us, the spouses, related to COVID-19 and all that comes with this huge change that we are all adapting to, getting our heads around and really just trying to feel our way through. So I have nutritionist and military spouse, Catherine Ramson, on to talk us through all things nutrition, food and our health. So welcome, Catherine. Thank you for having me. Obviously, we're all trying to stay at home, but we need to stock up on groceries with limited stocks of things like what should our focus be on? What items should we be, you know, I guess, getting as staples in our cupboards? So really what we want to be focusing on is making sure that we're getting nutrient-dense foods. So fresh produce is good because that's always available. If you can, it's always good to have a bit of a stock of staples like maybe your tinned vegetables, tinned tomatoes. I always keep tinned tomatoes and kidney beans as a staple. But yeah, it is really hard because sometimes you go to the shops, you don't know what's going to be there. So I would say we don't want to be hoarding, but if you can stock up on some staples when they're there to put them away for when you can't get them, that's always a good idea. But definitely aiming for the fresh produce because that's always there and you're going to get the bulk of your nutrients from it. When we're kind of stocking up and the the shelves are a bit bare, um, that might be leading us to sort of turn to um, stocking up on more frozen foods and frozen frozen vegetables and, yeah. and, you know, stuff like that. So we don't have to go out to the shops every three days to stock up. If we're looking at stocking up on frozen foods and, you know, a couple of nights a week relying on the frozen foods so we can make it longer, what should we be looking for in frozen food? Definitely your frozen vegetables. They're always really good just to have some in the freezer, even before all of this, like me and my partner, we use frozen vegetables a lot. You, you don't have to worry about them going off. They're just as nutritious and sometimes maybe even more nutritious than your fresh produce. Because they are frozen when they're picked early, they don't lose as much of their nutrients as sometimes fresh produce can. So they're a really good thing to have. You know, you can get those um, stir fry mixed veggies in the frozen section so they're really good if you've got some of that and maybe just some steak or chicken and you can just throw that together and make a quick stir fry or something that's really easy to do and it's also really nutritious so definitely going for the frozen fish and then you've also got things like frozen fish that I like to keep try to avoid things that are crumbed or that have been pre-fried because they're going to be higher in preservatives but also in in salt and saturated fat but uh, definitely frozen veg is where it's at and even sometimes 
frozen meals, you know, they're not as bad as people might think, as long as you're looking for ones that are in lower in sodium content, so less than 400 milligrams per 100 grams, and trying to keep it high in fiber, so about three grams at least per 100 grams, they're a good thing to go for as well. You know, if you don't have anything else or you haven't had time to, to get to the shops or you can't get to the shops because maybe you're self-isolating, having things like that put away is good to have because really at the end of the day, we're in a situation where it's just important that we eat. We don't want to be getting too pedantic about the nitty-gritty side of things. Like, yeah, we want to try and keep the salt and the saturated fat down. But if, you know, you're not eating this stuff for breakfast, lunch and dinner every day of the week. So you don't want to be stressing out too much about, oh, it's from being unhealthy or whatever. It's like definitely a lot better than going and getting Maccas or KFC or something like that. On the same sort of thinking, if we're then stocking up on canned foods, you know, to limit our trips to the shops and make things go a bit further, what are some of the staple canned um, foods that we should be hanging on to aside from other than obviously the beans and the tomatoes, which, you know, can go into spaghetti bolognese and all different types of things? And do canned foods hold nutritional value? Like are they good for us? Absolutely. They're just... Again, the same as frozen foods, fresh fruit and veg, canned fruit and veg and frozen fruit and veg all hold very similar nutritional value. Again, like frozen cans good because it's got a longer storage life so you can put it away and they're just really good. So obviously the tomatoes, beans, lentils are good, canned corn is something that I like to have around a lot um, just because you can make really good meals like just with a bunch of canned veggies just chucking in. Okay, well, I'm surprised that you said that canned food is and frozen food is just as nutritious. I always have that that little bit of guilt, like, oh, you know, it's not good for you sort of thing. Like, obviously, if you have to and you can't source the fresh food that you need or, you know, you're not going to go yeah. around to three different shops, better than not having the fresh food. But I didn't actually realise that it was just as nutritious. Yeah, no, well, because they're picked and packaged sooner. Mm. So, I mean, especially with the frozen stuff, they pick it and then they freeze it. So they're snap frozen. You don't have all the the travel time like with fresh vegetables and sometimes that can cause them to lose a little bit of their nutritional value just with time. You know, they're all three are perfectly good options and it all really just depends on personal preference as well like or convenience. I know they say there's that mantra that goes out sort of that it's, you know, when you go shopping to stick to the mm. outside aisles, which sometimes is misleading because you can get a lot of really good stuff down the aisles like the tin fruit and veg. Like I even have tinned fruits put away just for sometimes yeah. if I, you know, eat all the fruit, fresh fruit, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I can't be to the shops, whatever. Like, what, what about um, fresh milk versus long life milk? Obviously, if you are to the point where there were like low stocks of fresh milk, or if you just don't want to be going back and forth to the shops and you, you know, you're self isolating and you want to stay away for like, you know, a month at a time and you don't have anywhere that delivers fresh milk what's the go with fresh milk versus long life milk is long life milk even good for you or yeah no again they're both you know nutritionally quite similar because long life milk goes through a more intense heating process you might get some minimal nutritional losses in the micronutrients but overall they're both full of nutrients you're not losing anything if you're drinking long life milk yeah they're both perfectly good options what kind of nutrients do we start missing out on when we're eating 
frozen food, canned food, less nutritious food. I guess, you know, like some of us might be self-soothing with food with, um, you know, not the best nutritious options because we're are bored and are just eating whatever's inside or, you know, we're like, oh, well, I can't do this for myself. So I'm going to treat myself with this food. Like what nutrients are the ones that we start missing out on when we're not eating so good? So basically it's your vitamins and your minerals, you know, like your vitamin A, C, folate, sometimes, you know, fiber as well, something that you might be missing out of. If, I mean, if we're sticking with the, the vegetable, like, you know, canned vegetables, frozen vegetables, that kind of stuff then you're not really losing anything it's more when you go to the more obvious foods that we kind of already know aren't really that nutritionally dense that you're going to start missing out on essential vitamins and minerals. You know, at this time, it's important that we're maintaining a healthy diet just to support our immunity and keep ourselves healthy. What are the main vitamins that we might need to be taking and when should we just be taking them anyway? Or Typically, I don't recommend multivitamins to people that are able to have a, a healthy diet unless there's some sort of underlying reason that you might not be able, you know, if you're having absorption issues issues or you've got allergies that are really restricting your diet there's really no need to take vitamins if you can get it from your foods and again like I said vitamin deficiencies are pretty rare in Australia because a lot of our food is fortified but multivitamins are probably if you need to the best way to go there's no real point in focusing on one specific vitamin um, because you need a whole bunch to stay healthy you know if you're just taking vitamin c like vitamin c is one of the easiest ones to get in your food and if you're just taking vitamin c tablets and you're already getting enough then you're just excreting anything that your body doesn't use so it's not really giving you any added benefits so multivitamin is probably the best to go for but I would definitely talk to a dietitian or a doctor before starting on multivitamins or any kind of supplement if you're going to do it long term because uh, a lot of people don't realize that there is a toxic level for a lot of you know like your fat soluble vitamins but even something like vitamin c if you have too much of it can cause stomach upsets and diarrhea and things like that so while generally you're not going to do yourself any major harm by taking them, it is something to be wary of that you can actually have too much. Like you mentioned, so does that mean that like if you were getting enough vitamin C in your diet and then you were taking a vitamin C tablet, that it's not going to give you like this extreme level of immunity? It's- it would just go straight through you because your body only needs so much to do its functions. Um, so vitamin D is definitely a concern. Again, if you were thinking, if you felt maybe that you were lacking in vitamin D, you'd probably be better off to go and see your GP or speak to a dietitian and they'd be able to assess whether or not you needed to take them. But it's definitely something that you need to be, you know, wary about. It is one of the vitamins that is most likely to, you know, for people to get deficiencies in, especially coming into winter as well. So, I mean, there's not many foods that actually contain vitamin D but I did mention this to you before mushrooms stick them out in the sun for 10 minutes actually increases their vitamin D content and you could you know get your day's worth of of vitamin D just sticking your mushrooms out in the sun for 10 minutes and 
and eating it. But generally, all we need to do is, like for me, I don't have a backyard. I live in an apartment. I've got a tiny little balcony. All I really need to do is maybe just go out and have my cup of tea on the balcony for 10 minutes in the morning. That's all you really need to get enough vitamin D. Um, and even with kids as well, because vitamin D helps with the uptake of calcium, which is, you know, you got growing bones and things like that. Um, so it is an important one to keep an eye on. So what about essential oils in food? What's the go with that? I'm not I'm not an essential oil person. I'm not on that bandwagon no. yet. That one's an interesting one. I never really heard about people using it in food before, so I kind of looked yeah. into it. And it, a lot of different information out there, I couldn't really find a consensus. There was some stuff that said it's perfectly safe to use essential oils in cooking. Other stuff said, oh, we're not so sure about how safe it is. Mm. Um, but overall, the gist was there's really no extra benefit to adding it to your cooking. I mean, it's fine if you want to put some lavender oil in some scones or something to make lavender scones for the flavour, then by all means. Um, but nutritionally, you're not really going to be getting anything more from essential oils than what you could be getting from just your regular extra virgin well now i just want to go make scones but anyway thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about all things health and nutrition and how to best stay on top of it all and and for confirming that there's no guilt in stockpiling a bit of frozen and canned food to see us through and to help us you know stay home a little bit longer instead of having yeah. to go to the shops every three days Welcome to the podcast area manager of DCO North Queensland, Rachel Baker. How are you? Hi, Beck. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Oh, you know, coping like everyone else, just <laughs> fumbling my way through. So I guess, can you talk us through how everything is going for DCO in regard to COVID-19 and how DCO is running and how is everyone going? From a DCO point of view, we're really keen to ensure that all ADF members and their families who are impacted by the current situation, but also those that are doing sort of business as usual, will remain supported through this pandemic. We have our 24-7 Defence Family Helpline that's staffed by human service professionals, and that's continuing to operate really effectively. Our area office teams, as well as the helpline, certainly being very adaptable and still providing that ongoing support to our families throughout this crisis. So from our point of view, that stuff hasn't changed. What has changed is some of the provisions that in terms of our face-to-face -face events, and we're certainly working really hard in the background to provide a continued support with the provisions and the, and the restrictions in place in regards to the social distancing, just to ensure that our families continue to get the support that they require, but also in a, in a way that uh, we're adapting to ensure sure that we're not placing staff or families um, and members at risk. This is something that no one has in their lifetime been through, um, not even something similar. And, you know, we're all just feeling our way through trying to mm. do the best that we can. I guess now that more than ever ADF families need support, especially since a huge portion of their support networks like face-to-face -face debriefs with friends and family, community houses, the coffee mornings and the face-to-face su -face support through DCO, all of those things they may have put in place to help them cope with defence life now aren't available to them. Have you had an increase in families contacting DCO and the helpline? Generally, families and military families are really adapted 
adaptable and resilient. They're usually very prepared for unexpected changes and the uncertainty that comes with being in the military. And we're all doing our best to adapt accordingly. Some of the things that have been really great to see and is, is just the innovative practices of some of our community houses that Defence Community Organisation fund through the Family Support Program and also the Defence School Mentors that are funded through Defence Community Organisation as well. They've been putting some amazing innovative practices in place for our defence families. So some of these platforms of those coffee connections or the different things that are already existing or have existed before are still actually going ahead. So people are embracing this amazing virtual world, I guess, to, st- to stay connected. But we're also seeing a, an increase of people picking up the phone and doing that traditional type of communication with their family and friends as well. From a DCO point of view with our helpline, we've we've had an increase of calls just with some of the specific challenges our families might be facing, in particular those that have serving members on deployment, those families who are member with dependent unaccompanied. So there's specific challenges there and some questions around some of the conditions of service there, but also um, some people who have returned um, at short notice from overseas postings as well. So we're working really hard to enhance their support that they're requiring and attending to their needs. Everything is gone by phone or virtual now. And, and so that is a little bit different by the phone stuff and the virtual stuff, but we're, we're adapting and I think our families are adapting accordingly. Like you mentioned, some of the main supports coming through would be for those spouses and those ADF families who do have a defence member deployed or is still planning on being deployed in coming weeks because obviously defence operations still have to go ahead. The world doesn't stop turning. We still need to do all those things behind the scenes. So some of the main supports would be for those ADF families that either have a deployed member, someone who is still planning on being deployed, are separated for whatever reason, MWDU, or like you mentioned, someone coming back from deployment and having to go into isolation and all of those situations. Those spouses and those families are, are doing it solo, they're, they're solo parenting, they're, they might be working from home or even unemployed and mm. they're, they're now without those friend and family support, no reunion travel on the cards, no online groceries deliveries, like we've, we've been stripped of all our supports. As much as you, you mentioned that you're adapting to supporting families, like pretty much everyone's hands are tied. There's nothing more that you can do other than online support or phone support at the moment and that that's a, a tough one to be able to get your head around because those families in those situations, I know from my experience, if this was last year, this time last year, I would have a deployed member and I would be Mm. definitely struggling. Is there any extra support on the cards for those families? Like what more can we do other than online support for them and, and phone support? Like it's just such a hard situation to be in. It really is. And I guess that um, all of us are, are trying to, to adapt and, and adjust to this new normal. The tricky part is, is we don't know how long this will be going on for and things are changing really rapidly as well. The practical measures of assistance and the face-to-face support is often something that we've been usually really good at being able to provide or redirect to people in the community. What is really refreshing to see is, um, and again, it's not the face-to-face, but through our community centres and through our some of these social support that happens over the Facebook pages, some of our defence partners' Facebook pages, via ForceNet, some of these other means, and again, all very virtual, we're seeing some really good tips and strategies for people in local areas 
And they're all starting to, as defence families generally do, is work really hard to support one another through these difficult times. And right now, we're not, we're not exempt from that. So we're seeing some really innovative practices. And who would have thought that we'd be seeing posts about Aldi has toilet paper on the shelves now and, and those <laughs> sorts of things. But we're seeing that happening from some of these different closed Facebook groups or their community houses. Some people are offering to provide more assistance amongst our own network. And even if they are strangers, we've all got that commonality of being defence family and people are banding together and we're seeing some really good examples of that. So DCO, in terms of if you're needing that support or even a place to start and to start thinking about that, our helpline is a really good place to start. If you're thinking you're wanting some welfare calls, if you're wanting to just have somebody to check in with you, you can opt in to get those welfare checks or a deployment support calls. Those things will remain the same. Some of the provisions of practical support, as you outlined, are restricted, but that's across the board. But there are some creative things that we're tracking in the background that we might be able to assist in pointing you to the right direction to start navigating these creative, innovative ways that the community in general all over the country is coming up with. And that's not just defence specific, that's different areas and different townships that are, are, are certainly coming up with some really good advice and local supports. But our defence families and our defence networks are definitely working hard in this space in creative means through existing channels, but there's a, a rise of new things that are happening as well. Hey Military Wife Life community, I wanted to take this opportunity to tell you a little bit about the Defence Bank Foundation and the great work they're doing in the defence community. The foundation raises funds to support serving and ex-serving ADF members living with injuries or illnesses such as post-traumatic stress disorder. In 2019, the sole beneficiary of the foundation was the Defence Community Dogs Program, a specialised dog training program which rescues abandoned dogs and trains them through correctional services. 40 service dogs have been trained and given to veterans since the Defence Bank Foundation was established. The program gives dogs, inmates and veterans a second chance at life. So got different things that we're trying to do as well. And you mentioned about the people who may now be unemployed due to the, to the situation. Our PAP or Partner Employment Assistance Program was previously available to partners who relocated from one area to another in the last two years when they're settling into a new location. Now, regardless of the posting cycle, partners can apply for PAP. So whilst completely acknowledging that people may have lost their job, it could be an opportunity opportunity through our PAP to actually update the resumes to get some job counselling, job search counselling and ideas just to strengthen their job prospects as well and just to potentially reinvent themselves through this crisis period um, until we get back to life as we knew it or a, a new way of being. So that's an exciting um, development how we've amended some, some things there. There's also on our website we're updating lots of links and government advice and, and bits and pieces there. So we're updating that constantly. We're updating our social media channels constantly just with those new tips and strategies as well. We've got a wellness webinar series that will be running 
running until the 21st of May that our, our defence families or defence partners can access that as well. So for information about that, we have advertised it on Forcenet, but they can contact our Defence Family Helpline for more information about these webinars. So whilst you're right, we've gone from that face-to-face contact, we are working really hard in the background and things are being uploaded and amended to ensure that we're minimising that disruption due to the crisis that we're facing. You mentioned that the webinars, the wellness webinars, they're happening um, at 10am and I think it's 3pm each day on some of the days of the week for, like you mentioned, I think about a month or so. Got various different speakers coming on for different topics. Was that Mm. um, webinar series something that was introduced as part of a support for families that are obviously really isolated and, and need that extra support or was that something that was always going to be rolled out and was always planned? What, how did that, the webinar series come about? I think in response to a new way of being, um, we've tapped into some, some great resources that have been available out in the community and Defence have worked really hard to create some partnerships to ensure our Defence families have access to such services. So these webinars were, I think, in response, well, they were in response to a range of issues and concerns that, that people were raising through our Defence Family Helpline, that they were requiring some support about, just because there is a, a, a bit of increased anxiety about what's going to happen in our, in our own reactions to, to that. This is, a, a, I guess, a proactive way and also a um, preventative way of just keeping ourselves in check and it's providing a different means of support. And, and there are some really interesting um, topics and, and guest speakers uh, that will be on there. So I'd certainly encourage your listeners to, to tap in and find out some more information about that. For those spouses and, and family members that aren't on Forcenet, how are you getting the message out to the ones that aren't on Forcenet? I know that I found out about it via Forcenet, but obviously there are a proportion of people that aren't on Forcenet for whatever reason and would still be interested in things like that. What's the best way for people other than them joining Forcenet to find out about things like these? If they're interested, I would encourage them to go to the Defence Family Helpline. Just give them a call on the, the 1800 624 608 and just ask about what's coming up, the times, the login details, etc. And they'll be able to point people in the right direction to ensure that they're getting the, the support or the topics that they're interested in as well. So that's always a good point of contact. And things are changing all the time. So I would still always encourage, regardless if it's the the current wellness webinars that are running, there's things happening in the background all the time. So the helpline will always be up to date with what else we might have on offer. So if not anything else that people can take away from today, that 1800 624 608 number is probably a really good point of contact to have to point people in the right direction of what's on offer for defence families. Some of the messaging that's coming through is that social distancing and the way that we are living at the moment may last for six months. When the webinar series finishes, is there something else that will be rolled out um, to replace that to support families? Or is there anything else on the cards that DCO are planning on bringing out? Obviously, everything is changing and everyone's trying to adapt as quickly as possible but if it ends up being that it is six months that we're social distancing for when those webinar series finishes obviously something else will possibly take its place to to fill that support need for families do you know of anything else that might be on the cards we're really keen and and there is a lot of work in the background still in coming up with 
things more than the wellness webinars. So we're working with our community houses and the community groups. We're working with our defence school mentors in the background. We're working with our range of professionals in our organisation across the disciplines to look at creative means of supporting our families. And it's likely to be via virtual means or phone. Uh, and, and the phone and Skype counselling, we, we've already got systems in place for that. But the other event type of programs and the social connection stuff, there is a lot of work in the background and things will be developing. So that's where that Defence Family Helpline will be always a good point of reference or our webpage, which is uh, www.defence.gov.au forward slash DCO. There'll be lots of different tip sheets and information and what's coming up on, on that page as well. What about the Family Smart programs? Because obviously people are still going to have a need to access those programs. They're still going to have members deploying, members transitioning back to the home. All of those issues are still going on in, behind the scenes on top of what we're going through with a pandemic. It's just, you know, normal life for ADF members and their families. How are people going to access the Family Smart programs now that we can't do the face-to-face? -face? Family Smart programs um, certainly is, is one of those projects that certainly is being looked at, sometimes with our, our groups, uh, our psychoeducational groups, such as the Family Smart and Kids Smart programs. The additional benefits for them is building those social connections. So people do like to come to those programs to also share some experiences with others face-to-face. -face. So DCO is looking at an appropriate platform and ensuring that there is some, some means. It may not be family smart. And some of the topics that we'll be monitoring that, that come up through our Defence Family Helpline and, and other means will be tailoring um, different supports in accordance with what people are actually asking for. Uh, we may not necessarily be the lead in that because there's some really good organisations nationwide that might be able to fill that void and I guess we're not about duplicating uh, we are about making sure that, that we're utilising and directing people to some really useful resources that are already existing or, or are available in response to the crisis that we're at so we'll we're certainly um, looking at various various means whether it be the psychoed programs that we, we already um, have carriage of, but also making sure that we're responding to the need and, and the, the concerns and requests that we're getting from our, from our um, serving members and families. Like you mentioned, if an organisation is doing something that will fill that need already, why not tap into it? Although in saying that defence families and spouses do have a unique situation and unique sort of lifestyle and, and problems mm. that they find themselves in, obviously everyone else in the community is going through isolation and all that we're going through but we've got that added layer of being ADF families and all that comes with being a military family. So I guess mm. programs that are specific to defence families, there is a benefit in that. Absolutely. And for all of those reasons that you've outlined, Beck, I guess the other partner that we're working really closely with is Defence Families Australia. And they've already launched and we've been supporting some of their webinar series as well. And I, I believe in speaking to my local Defence Families Australia rep that they're certainly looking at different means as well. So again, there's lots of people working in the background to ensure that our families will remain supported. And it might look a little bit different 
based on this new normal that we're currently experiencing, but we will, we are definitely very, very committed in working hard to make sure our families are supported. DCR offices at various locations around the country have uh, the family liaison offices, which are usually the people that are the main person from DCO that we sort of, as spouses and families, kind of interact with at the coffee mornings or mm. events or whatever the case may be. At the moment, what are the flows doing now that obviously the, those face-to-face events and catch-ups have been restricted? What's the flow's job at the moment and um, can people still access support from the flow? Absolutely. The flows are working really hard as well in the background. They're maintaining some connections with our family support funded groups uh, as well as the community houses. They're also busy in, in many locations sending out newsletters to those people who have opted in to be on, a, on our mailing list. And again, that is an opt-in. So if people are wanting to have some localised uh, information sent out to them via the online newsletters, or, or the, then please, again, register through our helpline first and our flows in different locations will make sure that you're added to that list. They're continuing to, to explore different means as well. And I know with some of the community groups in different areas our flows again through the the newsletters we're making sure that we're informing our families in in those respective areas and also across the country of different means that they can tap into and um we're probably seeing is other other areas cross-pollinating so to speak that with there's a new initiative that might be going on in in a certain location that they're not living in but because things are going virtual now they might be able to tap into that so our flows are, are collating all of those information and we'll disseminate that to make sure our families are aware they are still contactable but and they are still um, fully operational but again not that face-to-face at this point in time don't hesitate to call us. So that's the big message. Defence isn't immune to any government restrictions in place. So, so we all have to abide by that. And there is a little bit of a new normal that's going on. But we're here to support people. We're here to help you, not just through this crisis, but beyond the crisis as well. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Rachel, and letting us know what's happening behind the scenes and how DCO are adapting to meet the needs of spouses and ADF family members during this time. Kat John is a meditator and motivator and her end game is to help you, me, us, master our minds so our souls can come back to life. And while normal life might seem a little far away right now and everything seems uncertain, overwhelming and maybe even impossible with all we as military spouses are juggling, it's important to remember we, even in these trying times, are worth investing in. It's important we tune into our innate pace and rhythm, whether that's telling us to speed up or slow things down at this time. We especially need to tune into that in order to look after ourselves so we can continue to look after everyone else. And to help us with that, Kat John is going to lead us through a meditation. Welcome, Kat. Thank you, Beck, for uh, bringing me into your community. Thank you for entrusting me to take you through uh, a meditation. And I guess before I take you through a meditation, I do always tend to share what I call powwow chats. Like Beck said, we all have an innate pace and rhythm that 
calls us to act upon and that pace and rhythm will will shift and it will change depending upon whatever's going on in your life and I did a live on this on Instagram where I spoke about everyone right now is kind of doing their own pace and rhythm there's a lot of people out there who are go 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 do 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 doing heaps of stuff online like super creative mode and and really going gung-ho with that some people are still living their super busy lives although I think that that's kind of calming down And then others are like couch potatoes, Uh, couch potatoes, sitting on the couch, watching Netflix, whatever that may be. And that's fine. That's okay. But as an observer, and even for me, when I see people creating, when I see people doing lots of things, it activates or triggers, I should say, something in me where I'm like, am I doing enough? Uh, Should I be doing more? Should I be like taking my children out and, and doing these things on the pavement? Or should I be painting with my children? Or should I be doing more within my business? And I, I start to feel anxious and then I can begin to act from that unstable place where I'm acting because I think I'm not doing enough. I think I'm not doing good enough and others are doing more than me. So I start to go into the comparison mode and you might see that from, you know, other mothers or other families or other military wives where they seem to have their shit together with their fa- with their children and you're like, oh my God, I'm not doing enough. And it'll start to stress you out and you'll begin to act from places that, as I said, are, are, are unstable. So I can admit that when I see people super creating, I'm like, oh my God, am I doing enough? Do I need to be doing more? And this is where, like Beck said, when you tune into yourself, you will be able to tune in. It's like plugging into your own radio station your very own radio station that is talk back just for you that and it's talk back from your soul that says matey this is the pace and rhythm that we would love to be living right now and maybe in two weeks that pace and rhythm is wanting to shift it's wanting to change and there's an analogy of this there's an analogy that someone shared with me that you've got to know in life when it's time to sprint when it's time to run when it's time to jog or when it's time to walk That's across business, that's across being, you know, a a mother, that's across the way you live your life, the pace and rhythm of your life. And certainly for me as a business owner and even as a stepmom, I've got to know when I'm like, I've got to be on and I've got to be sprinting and I've got to get something done. And then I've got to know when to pull right back. So my pace and rhythm right now is a jog. There are some things that I'm running for to, to really get over the line. But at the moment, most of my pace is a jog. And some of you, you may be, if you're at a, living at a pace and rhythm now that is pretty slow or sluggish or you're a bit demotivated or you can't be bothered, then maybe the pace and rhythm that you, your soul would really love you to pick up on is that jog or is that more running. And that's, that's an analogy, right? doesn't mean you actually have to run. So what we want to do is make this a practice of tuning into the self and really assessing, okay, today's a new day, today's a blank canvas, how would I love, what would I love the pace and rhythm to be of this day today? And then you listen for the answer and then you go about living it. And so that's the meditation that I would love to bring to you. So uh, wherever you are, you can sit up, you can lie down, you can do whatever you want to do, except for (laughs) be busy during this meditation. So sit down, lie down, whatever you want to do. I'm just going to change the music here. And if you're not a regular meditator, all you need to do is keep your eyes closed. That's it. There's nothing more for you to do than to keep your eyes closed and just listen to what I'm sharing with you. So get nice and comfy and closing down your eyes. I'm going to do it with you too, closing down your eyes. And together, let us take a big breath in and sigh it out. 
Big breath in. Sigh it out. Big breath in. And sigh it out. And please just continue to breathe at a pace and rhythm that feels good for you. A pace and rhythm that feels good for you. And just for this moment, I want you to notice the sounds, the sounds that you can hear around you. Notice any smells that you can smell. that you can taste. And just sense into the temperature, the air. Sense into the air and the temperature around you. Tapping into your senses and acknowledging what you can hear, smell, taste and sense. It helps you to be present. It helps you to be here. Giving you that greater opportunity to go within. From here, I want you to set the intention to be honest with yourself. To be honest with yourself. And just take a moment to see how you are currently living your life. There might be an energy or a feeling attached to that. Be scattered, busy, always doing. Or it may be completely demotivated. You will know for you. This is where you've got to be honest. How are you currently living your life right now?
And now you know that, I want you to focus breathing on your heart, in your heart, in your chest. Beyond your physical heart, we have an energetic heart that taps into what is good for us. What it intuitively knows is good for us. I want you to tap into that now. That intuitive sense and listen to how it would love you to be living right now the pace and rhythm the pace and rhythm that it knows would be good for you is calling you to pull back a little, to go easy. Maybe it's sharing with you to pick things up a notch, bring some life and spirit back into the home. Just listen. Whatever answer you get, whatever answer you receive is now a piece of gold for you, a piece of gold for you to act upon, to implement and to be in the practice of. To serve what's good for you. breath in through your nose and then sigh it out. Take a big breath in and sigh it out. 
Big breath in. And sigh it out. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Legends, thank you for joining me for today's meditation. If you have any questions that you would like to ask, please feel free to send them to Beck, who can send them to me, or you are welcome to DM me over on my Instagram page, kat.john, K-A-T dot J-O-H-N. If answers have come up for you, if you have been guided to, to do a certain way, to go about living life a certain way, and you're like, I have no idea how to do that, if you want help with that next best step, uh, please feel free to reach out. Take care and peace be with you. I so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarywifelife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 